Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you're listening to Parent in Hell with... Harry, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Can you say Josh? Josh. Widdicombe? Widdicombe. Widdicombe. Well done. There we go. You're the problem, aren't you? The Widdicombe's the problem for a lot of these kids. Oh, it's been a fucking bane of my life, mate. From the moment I started as the last on the register (laughs) up until Anne Widdicombe becoming famous... And now God, the children can't read the run. name. <laughs> yeah. You've had a terrible run with Widdicombe and Widdicombe. And that must, she must have been peaking when you was at school. Yeah, I reckon she was probably when I was a teenager, wasn't she, Anne Widdicombe? Or, yeah, that's yeah, the last thing. Because I remember when, like, I first met you and I immediately it's, thought of Anne Widdicombe. And then obviously she spells yeah. her name different to you. She spells it differently. There's a little E in the middle. I've told um, you she moved into the village I grew up in after, no, I, after I'd left. Yeah, and ca- called her house Widdicombe's Retreat or something. <laughs> My parents fucking livid. You've got you you've got to buy it. Yeah, I maybe I will. Um, how are you, Rob? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm uh, loving life. I'm enjoying our interviews with people. We're doing more of them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. We've got a good to one them, today. Um, yeah. Also, we've got a bit of a backlog of correspondence, so do you want should we do some before our... Yeah, and then we were thinking guests. next week doing a load of correspondence, because there's so much good stuff. Let's catch up on correspondence, because we've not done it, because we've been blabbering on about our kids over the summer holidays, because we've been yeah. with them all the time. I find, though, when they're off so much, I can't think of what to tell you on here, because it's, it's bit, constant, yeah. and it's overwhelming, yeah. where actually, when you pick them up from school or whatever, you... The, the time you're with them, it, it sits in your head more. But um, yeah, they keep, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm tired, Josh. It's I'm tired right, today. Rob. It's all right. Do you want me okay. to read out some correspondence? Um, if you don't mind, do you mind reading yeah. out some correspondence? You, you, you put your feet up. I've highlighted some in green that you like. As, um, the good ones, some good ones to do first. Okay. If you want to do them, or you can just freestyle it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, things you were called into school for. Oh, okay. Hi, Josh and Rob. When I was at primary school, I'm now 47, my mum got a visit from the head dinner lady. Visit from the dinner lady? That's a weird... head dinner lady? I didn't know there was a hierarchy. She was concerned as she's received a gift from me for Christmas and when I'm wrapping it, realised it was a solid silver dish. (laughs) Upon questioning, I revealed that every year I'd wrap things up from around the home and give them to my dinner ladies as they used to save me extra custard. (laughs) Extra custard. 
It's so lame. That's so sad. The delays are taking bunks. What did you... Did did you have school dinners? Uh, We had packed at primary. And then at secondary, I had school dinners. But there were so many kids at my secondary school, you didn't have a one-on-one relationship with the dinner ladies. You just, like, come through. They'd call you my lover. And then, like... My lover? Did they call you my lover? They would, yeah. They were proper, like, Devon... (laughs) Right through, please, my lover! Right through, please, being like... More custard, my lover! I think I could do a better Devon accent than you. Yeah, well, I can't do it. I can't do accents. What? I can't do any accents. Yeah, but that's your accent. It's not my accent, is What it? is your accent? I don't know. Just kind of annoying nasal twang, isn't it? I don't know what my... I don't think it's regionalised. Try and do your best Devon. Right through, please, my lover! That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, but that's all I can say, because that's what the dinner ladies used to say. Uh, Jeffro, is that Jeffro was around that He's way? He's Cornwall, yeah, but I mean, potato, potato, isn't it? It's do, you get, do you get Mizzle in Devon? Or is that just Cornwall? What's that? It's Miz, Mist and Rain. They called it, because I was listening to Pirate FM doing right, a gig down okay. there, and yeah. they said, oh, lots of Mizzle coming in. I was like, what? Drizzle? And it was Mizzle, and I Googled it, and it's like a term they use for the weather down there, where it's yeah. a wet mist, but it's quite a heavy wet mist. Yeah, I like the Mizzle. I like, it makes me feel like, that, that's nice, Mizzle. I enjoy that. Even like thinking that about that now, it's relaxed me. What, Mizzle? A yeah. misty drizzle? Yeah, yeah, it's commonly used in Devon and Cornwall to describe a mixture of fine drizzle and thick, saturated mist or fog. Although yeah. Mizzle might seem like a clever portmanteau... What's, is that a word? That's two words combined. Right, OK. Combining mist and drizzle, it likely derives from the low German Mizzlin or Dutch word for drizzle, Mizzlin. Oh, come on, it means mist and drizzle. We all know it means mist and drizzle. <laughs> Fucking get over yourself, book smart. I also, I thought Moorish was a place down in Devon, not something you wanted more of. Well, you thought there was a place called Moorish? Well, that is Moors, that? isn't it? So it's like, more, you know, like oh, Cornish right. or Moorish. So like, the Moors, that, that, it's like something yeah, from, yeah. that they make it down there. And it's Moorish the same way as it's like, you know, oh, right. Yorkshire pudding. It's Moorish. More. Huh? This is Moorish. Have you ever? I mean, how much have you been to the southwest? You talk about it, Rob. Like, like I've come from fucking Middle Earth. <laughs> it's three it's hours away. I used to keep thinking, bloody hell, they're making we don't some good. We live in America. <laughs> like, the whole island is drivable in one day. No, but I used to think, bloody hell, they're making some good food in Moorish. Everyone keeps eating it. <laughs> they can't get enough of this stuff. <laughs> get down there and eat it's unbelievable um no i do i find it quite a fascinating place to be honest yeah i mean it's it is it's not the third world like it is more no, it's just sl- it is slower yeah and every and it's quite like everyone and it's lovely you can see why it's slow because it's beautiful and it's chilled and you've got your job and you do it but you know whenever you go up north and stuff you're always near a big city but city <laughs> near a big city like my lover um but when you go down there it just sort of slowly get you're not there's not another big city it's just the end you know what I mean it just <laughs> yeah, gets slower yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, if you're driving up north or whatever you leave London and then it goes oh and a bit like Hertfordshire's a bit more chilled and Cambridge and then all of a sudden you're in Birmingham yeah, yeah, then you yeah. leave Birmingham and it goes all like countryside and then it's like Manchester or Sheffield or Leeds and then it there's always somewhere else but it's a I just find it just sort of yeah. it sort just of tapers like, off it sort of like peters out doesn't it <laughs> Is that fair? Is that your description of Cornwall? Uh, Britain petering out. It, well, it basically gets petered out and you're forced to eat something that Rick Stein's made. <laughs> it's so narrow. It's, like, it's so narrow you're down there. You're not going to fall off, Rob. It's still white. <laughs> it's not I a feel balanced a bit... beam. 
on tightrope. I, I feel like Cornwall's a bit like, you know that Willy Wonka when he goes into that room and it gets litter and litter? Yeah. yeah. As he walks back. That's how, how I feel about it. But um, anyway, my lover, have you, got, have you got another email? I should just you... add to the end of that email, unbeknownst to me, I'd wrapped nearly £50 worth of silver and gifted Ooh. it in return for custard. That's from Sally. Depends on the custard, though, doesn't it? So I'm a cheap custard guy. I'd rather have cheap custard than the, you know, like Marks and Spencer's do, like, the best custard ever or whatever. I just quite like ambrosia. I like ambrosia, but I would, I'd, I'd loathe to describe it as the cheap custard, Rob. I, I love the ambrosia range. Not is just it, Is that from, from Devon? Devon? Yeah, Devon, Devon knows cust- how they make it so creamy. Devon knows how, what a, I forgot about that. Cream. So, do you know what I love when I love gigging? is when yeah. you gig somewhere where there's a, a brand that's really, really famous in that area. Yeah. And they'll, they'll go, I'll go, where do you work? He's like, I'm a baker. And I go, where do you work? And he's like, at the, at the factory. I'm like, what factory? He's like, Warburton's, mate. And the whole crowd laugh. Because <laughs> how does this London guy not know that Warburton's yeah. around here? <laughs> Fucking wake up. Wake up, mate. <laughs> where have you been all your life? There's bloody Warburton's around here, yeah? <laughs> That you get that in Workington because yeah. a lot of people work in Sellafield, the nuclear power plant. It's Weetabix and Kettering. Well, yeah, Weetabix and Kettering. So no when one Kings was, and Amazon. When, yeah, I've, I've come I, a cropper with all of them, Rob. <laughs> Where's the the one in? Um, I think it was Middlesbrough has got a big bait, maybe Warburton's or something. I can't remember. But um, Sellafield is near Workington, so I said to bloke, "Where do you work?" He went the fan room. Yeah. I went, oh, is that a shop in town? He went, no, the fan room of the. Pa-. So they don't tell you that they work. Oh, it's uh, it's the, a given. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they tell you what department. Yeah. Have you done Barrow in Furnace? Yes, Everyone I have. Everyone works in submarines. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say it, Rob. Go on. We have again failed to get through enough correspondence. Right, we're going to do proper correspondence on Tuesday. Unbelievable behaviour from us. One email about a dinner lady. <laughs> we didn't even finish. We interrupted. We interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You must show more discipline than this on Radio 2, Rob, surely. Is it me that's the problem? I do need a bit of structure. I will, as you heard in the last episode, talk about, you know, noshing people off in prison. Yeah. Which is not, it's not, it's not something you can do on Radio 2, but it's normally something that happens when you leave Radio 2. Oh, that is good gear. <laughs> that's the kind of humour we're looking for. Oh, that was packaged nice. Right. Are we ready for this guest? Right, this guest, Josh, who we got? Uh, this is a great interview. Uh, she's just had a child. She's a brilliant comedian who's supporting Alan Carr on tour at the moment. She's also got a dog, so there's a lot of dog chat for uh, yes. for Rob, who's still dealing with his dog situation. I'm getting He's... into my dog, actually. I might talk about that on Tuesday. We get, we're bonding. Oh, that's good. This is Kelly Convey. Kelly Convey, welcome to the show. We've been, we've been trying to have you on for ages, but... Um, our diaries didn't work. Our diaries are rubbish, Rob. Our diaries are appalling. Me, I don't me, think <laughs> I'm the busiest, so... Uh... <laughs> exactly. You've got the baby. How old's your baby, Kelly? She's 10 months. Oh, fucking oh. hell. Sorry. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, she's just on the move now, so it's getting... It's, oh, really? She's getting real. Yeah. Yeah, it's when they start moving. So is she, is she walking or crawling? What's she up to? She's sort of like furniture walking, uh, crawling... Like, you can't take your eyes off her yeah. for two seconds. You know, you take it for granted. Like, you pop out to the kitchen, make yourself a drink or whatever. Yeah. And like, Here's Johnny! Like, <laughs> hanging over like an, a ledge that's just... Um, yeah, I'm living at my dad's at the moment because my house is being sorted out and um, everything is a stone floor. It's just... Oh, it's God. Just, 
It's uh, stone fireplaces, um, ledges everywhere to fall down. It's just a death trap everywhere, <laughs> so I can't take my eyes off. And I've got a dog as well. Yeah, you've got a big, like, British bulldog Don't thing, you? you know, the Churchill dog. 38 kilos he is. 38 kilos? 38 kilos. That's heavier than Josh. Yeah. Well, you know, Mate. he needs to get on the Huel Rob. <laughs> I just keep shitting himself every time he has a curry. Um, right, so, Kelly, you're at your dad's house and yeah. you've just got married. You've got a 10-month-old baby and a massive bulldog. Yeah, mate, yeah, it couldn't get any harder, really. Do you know what? It, it, I like to just pile on the stress. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like to just add it on and on and on. If, if I can really just get really stressed, it's really, really good. Is your is your dad much help? My dad's actually a diamond, yeah. He's really good with her and he does take her and that, but he's, he's always working. So, like, it, you know, it's like today with the podcast, uh, I've just put her downstairs in a high chair with loads of uh, rice cakes. <laughs> the whole thing? <laughs> Is he with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> I genuinely fell for that. And what about your new husband? So is he working in the office or from home? Or what's he up to? Yeah, he works in the office. So he's out and about during the day. And then uh, he swans in at night and uh, gets all the easy stuff. No, he's very good, actually. He's quite hands-on. Um, like, we've just been on our honeymoon. And he pretty much just took her the whole time and just let me lie down. Oh, which my was God. really nice. A 10-month-old on a honeymoon. Rob, would you have done that on holiday? 10-month-old, say I'll take it the whole time? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind doing that. It's more just taking a 10-month-old on a honeymoon. But were you supposed to get married before COVID? Is this what's, what's happened? Yeah, the baby's actually wedding number two. Um, <laughs> we were meant to get married three different times across COVID. So, um, yeah, she, she wasn't actually meant to be there uh, when we first got married. Right, OK. When, yeah, wedding number two got cancelled. I thought, well, there's no stress in my life. What should I do? All right, I'll uh, <laughs> organise a wedding. I might as well just pop a kid out. So uh, that was that was wedding number two. So. Um, and are you oh. back full time gigging now, Kelly? I went back to gigging when she was three months old. Whoa. Yeah. How was that? It was all right. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I have to say, she's she's quite she's quite a good girl. Like she takes she took to the bottle quite. Like I was I was still breastfeeding, but I was pumping and she'd take a bottle in the evening you know i'd give her I'd, I'd have the express bottle and bruce would take her my other half and i'd go off to my gig and come back and if they were like far away ones he'd just take the time off work and we'd all go him the oh. baby the dog everything amazing how how are the uh, venues when you turned up with a baby and a, a 57 pound bulldog or whatever it was <laughs> 38 kilo bulldog. 38 kilo, sorry. <laughs> Rob, we Brexit's Brexit. I'm calling it 57 pounds, mate. <laughs> yeah. Taking back control there, Josh. I like yeah, it. I am, mate. He's taking back the control of your dog's weight, Kelly, because yeah. that's what the European Union stopped Josh Whittacombe doing. <laughs> I voted leave so that I could choose dog weights how I wanted. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's five cats for me in old money. <laughs> that dog weighs as much as five cats. But genuinely, did you actually take... A, were these club gigs or these... You do tour support for Alan Carr, don't you? So would you turn up on Alan Carr's tour with a dog, a husband and a kid? Yeah, basically. I get on so well with Alan that it was OK. But, yeah, no, it, it was basically... The, the tour, everything was meant to happen before COVID. So, yeah. like, I had this, like, amazing opportunity where I'd, I'd done all of these work-in-progress shows 
And then I had this opportunity to do all the big shows, like the big, like, so work in progress, you do, as you guys know, but like in the really small theaters, a couple hundred people. Then you go to the big tour, which is like thousands of people. So I was just like pumped for this tour. And then it just kept being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And then eventually the start date of the tour was my due date. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, Alan, do you reckon you want to push it back? You know. <laughs> Um, so that's really the reason I went back so early because I just was like, I ain't missing out on this. You know, this is an opportunity. Yeah. For, you know, so we just made it work. You know, so it's not been easy. Like there's been times when, you know, cause especially with the bloody dog. I mean, I love him to death, but it does add another dimension to it. So when you're going up there, like, oh, where was it? Oh, I mean, oh, it was Scumfort. We went up there and we had a hotel booked. But it wasn't dog friendly, so we had to book the only dog friendly hotel in Scunthorpe, and <laughs> it was rank. Uh, <laughs> so what they'd said on the website is that they had baby cots. That's a gamble. Oh my god, I've never seen anything like it. It was like a horror show. It was all broken, so it wasn't even sturdy, and it had—I don't even know what to describe it. It had like. A, a life form growing out of the mattress. Oh, what do you mean? Like, like it was, it it was just hard, crusty food stains. I don't know what was living in there. I honestly, oh, I took her in with me. I laid awake all night with her because I was just so. It was just so rank. I didn't even want to shower in it. You know, when it's that rank, you don't even oh, want to oh, shower. You come out dirtier. Yeah, mate. So, um, yeah, it's not been easy, but we just got to make it work. Like, it's, it's um, in some ways, being a stand-up, it's easy because Bruce works in the day, I go out at night, so we've got that, like, balance. What of, does Bruce um, do? I've never met care. a Bruce. Well, I've met your Bruce. I met him once I've never after met a gig. Bruce. No, I'm... but like a Bruce. I just, uh, every time that you say Bruce, it makes me smile. Did, did, you, did, did it take a little while Ooh. to get used to his name, Kelly? <laughs> I didn't believe him at first. <laughs> I said, what's your name? He said, it's Bruce. It's no, don't, don't, don't lie. Where's he from? He's from Brighton. He's certainly from down on the coast. Um, so he's not even Australian? No, mate. No, no, he's not. He's just got a funky mum. Just funky mum? Bruce, love it. Yeah, yeah. She's just called him Bruce. She just decided on Bruce. So, but also he's a massive sort of rugby playing type guy. And I swear when I met him, I may have imagined it. He had a moustache. He did, yeah. He rocks a moustache, mate. He rocks it. I'm going to go back to my old question. You sure he's not Australian? <laughs> I mean, he's been down under, but we won't go there. Yeah. How much does he weigh? Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> and what does Bruce do then? So he's what? Is he sort of office like worker in the day kind of job? Uh, he's an um, electrical engineer, so he does like um, yeah. If you have a power cut, he's sort of. It, it, he works for the company that gets you back on. So, uh, right. oh, okay. God, so he's constantly introducing himself to people and they're going, yeah, but what's your real name? Like, every- yeah, yeah, like legit. Like every time we go somewhere, they're like, oh, yeah, good one. Like, he's like, why would I make that up? Like, what, what am I getting out of this situation? Rob, we, we don't do enough about partners' names. We've never really chased this down and it's a rich yeah, area. We've never had a Bruce at our fingertips before, Josh. We need to be asking this every interview. What's your partner's name? Is it yeah. weird? What's your, what's, your, what's your partner's name and how much do they weigh? That's all we want to know. <laughs> what's, what's your dog called, Kelly? Nelson. Nels, Bruce Nelson. Oh, my God, it sounds like an EDL rally. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the dog. So you're, uh, you're, how long are you at your dad's for? Uh, we've been here for bloody months. Um, it, it should be, the work should be finished 
oh, it's driving me mad now. I mean, I love living with my dad. It's not a problem, but it's in the middle of nowhere, and I just feel like a complete recluse. It's just like, oh, and where God. are you then? Out in Surrey. Right, okay. There's like nothing walking distance anywhere. You have to get in the car. And I, I'm used to being in London where there's like, you know, a shop at the end of the road at least, you know, so... Um, and with a 10-month-old, that must feel really kind of entrapped. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like all the baby classes and that, what I decided to do was join them all over at home in South East London. So I thought I want to get in with all the mums over there. And I thought, oh, it'd be fine driving over two, three times a week. Oh, Mm. my God. An hour there, an hour back. Oh, my God. And then you get to the class and I thought, and you do at the end of the class that none of the mums would be like, do you want to go for a coffee? So I'm like, sweet. Oh, Oh, mate. Oh, no. (laughs) Straight back in the car. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird trying to make friends with mums because it's sort of like... A lot of the where I am in South East, it's um it's like East Dulwich sort of way, and yeah. a lot of them are proper posh like rich wives. So oh uh, yeah, about, like so one of the classes when she was tiny was um the baby massage. Yeah, and um like so we got there, sat around, and it went round the, the room, and everyone was saying, you know, I'm Kelly, whatever, and and I said, um, sorry, can I just um check that the babies will be massaging us, right? <laughs> like break the ice fucking tumbleweed like <laughs> just pick up the baby and leave at that point just walk oh, out there was one woman though that did laugh at the table and we've been friends since actually she was like oh my god they're so stuck up so you know uh it did it did pay off because i have yeah. made out of it it's quite tricky <laughs> yeah it's a good way to whittle them down isn't it no one you went back gigging you're desperate I needed the reassurance that I hadn't lost it, man. <laughs> um, are, you, are you breastfeeding as well, Kelly? Yeah, and well, I have stopped now. I'm, 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 I'm on the formula now, which uh, uh, there's a bit of guilt there. It's weird with the breastfeeding because everyone's like bang on the breastfeeding. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're all like, you've got to breastfeed your child. You've got to breastfeed your child. And the best breast is best. And like I was so obsessed with this, and like. You know, as soon as she was born, because they say as soon as, like, the baby's born, you've got to get them, like, you know, straight on your boob, like, and, and I went through, like, quite a long um, labour. Like, she was two weeks late, um, and I had to be induced twice, and I was in labour for 38 hours. Oh, my God. Oh, my word. So, talk me through the 38 hours. Not, not minute by minute, but, like, give me a, a brief breakdown of how these 38 hours played out. Um, well, I went, uh, they had to induce me like twice. So, like, finally, like, things started happening, but it was so slow that we went for a roast. Um, we did that. We went for breakfast because we were induced, <laughs> and then they just send you out into the kind of. We were induced, all right, Josh. I know, At what mate. point did a midwife put her fingers up your ass? Oh, about, about <laughs> six hours in, actually, Rob. <laughs> it was quite a. Uh... <laughs> we were all quite bored. <laughs> So you went, you went for a roast, and were you feeling anything at this point? Yeah, no, the, the contraction. I was miserable, mate, because I was overdue, and I was taking my due date as like, you know, that was it. And uh, you know, two weeks passed by, and I was absolutely miserable. And it, you know, like lovely old lady on my road to Lane, she'd come out and be all like, "Have you tried to curry?" I was like, "You tried shutting up, Lane." And enough of you chat, mate. Like, I don't want to try a curry. I don't want a long walk. I want the babies to come out. But yeah, so I was miserable and I was just like, I was just 
I was definitely feeling it. Then we got to the, the rise, so I had rise and the contractions started. And when you, it's your first time, like you just think, oh, this is the peak of the pain. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. like it's happening. Yeah. I'm in labor. Let's go back. Let's go back to the hospital. Okay, I'll have dessert first, but then let's go back. <laughs> we got back to the hospital and she was all like, oh no, like you are, you are nowhere near. And I was like, what do you mean nowhere near? And then I realized <laughs> hours later that that pain was nothing. Like oh. nothing. nothing. The contractions like kicked in. And then like, the, I mean, I was like on the gas and air. I didn't have anything other than gas and air. I was just oh. bang on that gas and air. I was flying, mate. I was absolutely flying i i went through two massive canisters like canisters <laughs> like that are as me yeah. through two of them and then they had to put me up to the mains because i was taking i was going through the canisters so quickly and, <laughs> um so yeah, i was off my nut and um and then like yeah and then like finally it was like that i was just ready i suddenly it was just go time i mean suddenly 38 hours later yeah. but it just all happened in one moment where it was like, okay, we're going, we're going, we're going. So as soon as she came out, my instant thing was that I had to get her on my boob and have this bonding moment, this skin to skin, but also yeah. breastfeeding to establish it. So I didn't even look at her. I just got her straight <laughs> on my boob. And this moment where you look down at your baby for the first time and she had latched onto my breast and I realized she was this spitting image of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> It was horrifying, like literally <laughs> in my little dad's face. <laughs> really? Oh. Oh, really? That was your first thought? And you couldn't, you couldn't unsee it. Like literally. <laughs> like for the first two weeks of her life, it was like someone had superimposed my dad's face on her. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that was my first experience of, uh, of breastfeeding. And then we got so excited, you know, that first moment when they're born and you want to send the photo to all the family. <laughs> so we like sent the photo to the family and then my dad, bless him, he was so excited. He sent it on to all of his mates. And then, you know, like bloke, they're proper blokey geezers. And he come, one of his mates, John, come back and said, yeah, John, boy, I have to say to you, mate, your daughter's breasts are out in that photo. <laughs> and what I didn't realise is that I'd sent a photo, but all of my, you're looking at the baby, aren't you? Yeah. You're looking at the baby. I didn't realise that all of my boobs were out in it, like all of my big, massive burger nips. They go really good. He'd sent it to all of his mates. All of his mates had seen my men. But someone in my uh, NCT group had a worse one. He, the, the, the husband had sent the photo out to all of the family groups and everything like that of the baby in the little warmer box thing. Mm. What you didn't realise is in the background of the photo is, is the wife getting stitched up. Oh, my God. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How do you, you ever get out of that doghouse? <laughs> There's nothing you can do that won't, that won't get thrown back in your face. Well, at least I didn't send a photo of you getting stitched up around. Oh, man alive. <laughs> And um, is your, is your, I was going to talk about your dad as well because, like, you, you've got a, quite an interesting upbringing, really. Because you, your dad a traveller? No, my extended family. My aunt is uh, my my dad's brother's wife as traveller. Uh, right, yeah. So you you some travellers in your fa family and stuff. But then, didn't your dad when you were growing up younger, you didn't have mu as much money. But then he did really well in business and then had um, a couple more kids. That sort of had a very different upbringing to you. Is that is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, my dad made like a ton of money when we had left school and right. home essentially. So we didn't reap any of the rewards of this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, she says now living in his sort of cottage on the ground. So, I mean, I have to, you know, but basically what happened was is that my dad sold a company for, for lots and lots of money. And then that was with my baby brother and sister, with, uh, you know, really young. So they went to the finest private schools and have grown up in pure, like, privilege and wealth. So Lalu Posh and, yeah, Harry just completed his master's at Cambridge uh, in that time. <laughs> like, what? What was you doing at his age, Kelly? Oh, I don't know, probably stone somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, do you think with your, you know, because your, you know, your, your um, daughter will have a different sort of upbringing to to you, but then also quite similar, I imagine, to your brothers and sisters and stuff. Do you do you see the sort of stark differences between it? Oh, mate, like, it, you know what? The private education is just like crazy. Div- I mean, I, it's not like I wish I had had a private education, but mate, like, I remember my little brother telling me like I used to read in bedtime stories, and he'd ask me to stop because my grandma was so bad. <laughs> Correcting me, like um, you know, it's a different world. It's 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 sort of like you know, you do see the other side of it. I mean, Harry was just like it's so impressive. I mean, Rosie is as well. But you know, like he, it was only a couple of weeks ago that he graduated from Cambridge, and I was just like standing there, and we went to the little ceremony and that, and you're seeing all of these kids like walking through in their little caps and you know, prop pure geeks like. <laughs> <laughs> proper geeks and and they're just it's just like a different world you know like they're just they're just so successful already you know yeah. they're, you know they're, they're, you know i wouldn't be surprised if one day my brother was potentially prime minister he's called harry but my dad can't pronounce his h's so it'd be like harry you know <laughs> <"Yes>, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's a weird we've got this like literal class divide down our down wow. the center of our family but it doesn't you know we get on so well and you know if i can give b that sort of education then great but i don't you know I, it, it's not going to keep me up at night although one of my mum friends showed me a video for a local private school and i almost cried for the kindergarten oh my god so <laughs> she said, watch this and try not to cry <laughs> oh my god it's Education facilities. Oh my god! <laughs> You'd go there for the afternoon just to just to brush up on a few things. I'd bloody love to if I could afford it. Jesus. Do you wind it up because it's normally like the parents go as well. You're lucky you're getting this because I had this when I was your age. But you you can you're so much closer to it because you know what holidays you had compared to what holidays they had. You oh, can. Yeah. Do does that ever come up? Do you ever sort of like? Do you, do you ever say to your dad, like, all that money you spent on their education, can I have that in a lump sum? Yeah, can I just... You, you owe me about 10 grand a term here, mate. <laughs> Over 11 years, I'll take it now. Imagine if you offered that to your kid at the start. Do you want the private education or do you want the money in the bank? That would be, that'd be an exciting moment for the kid. I mean, yeah, if they're four years old and, and take the money, I think they don't need the private education. <laughs> yeah, no, it only come up the other day when we're sitting there and Harry's, like, finished his uni and that and uh he's like i don't know what to do uh, you know and uh, he was like he's got a friend out in australia and 
literally just without even thinking my stepmom was like well we'll just pay for you to go to australia just go to australia i was like i want to go to australia (laughs) 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 i want to go you, to you, to Australia. you hate it, loads of 21-year-old Cambridge graduates going, raw oh, where's my backy, doing TikToks. You'd, you'd be livid after an hour. <laughs> yeah. And how's Nelson, your massive dog, getting on with a baby? Because that's, that's something that like people talk about. If you've got a little baby and then a big, heavy dog like that, even if the dog's lovely, it's just big and heavy. It's hard. It's hard. It does add another dimension to it. You know, she can't be on the floor. Like now she's a bit more sturdy and that like at first, you know, it was really tricky because you've got a like with a baby, like with, you know, a lot of time they'll be playing on the floor, like, let them do the tummy time or whatever. And you just can't do that. So a lot of it was up high and he wasn't used to it because he's never had a baby in the house and he's nine and, you know, he's always been the baby yeah. and like the high pitched screaming and all that stuff. It was quite tough. And I think he was a bit, I don't know about jealous, but I just didn't like it. He didn't like the sounds and that. And I think he'd look, you know, he'd be, well, he was a bit jealous. Probably, you know, when he was... How does a dog show it's jealous? Does he sort of roll his eyes and (laughs) slam doors? Whenever I was breastfeeding, mate, I swear he used to look at me and be like, you never did that with me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he thought you were breastfeeding your dad. (laughs) He He just thought he'd got a bit smaller. I think he... He got used to it and now she's up and about and she's climbing all over him and pulling him. He's very patient, actually. He's very, very patient. What annoys me is what other people who uh, like will go, oh, what are you going to do with the dog then? Like, what do you mean? They're like, are you going to, you know, give him up or get rid of him or surely he's dangerous. I'm like, if I had a dangerous dog, like, what do you think? I'd just take the chance and just like, yeah. like you know, let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, he's he is good, um, but you just have to be vigilant at literally all times. Like, you know, it's it's never a moment where you can just quickly pop out the room. Um, she has to be up high. We've got like high chairs and like bassinet things. And yeah, so you just have to, it, like, um, as you probably no, I mean, we do know. You just make it work with your situation. And, um, yeah, we've adapted. But uh, it's not. It's definitely not been easy. It definitely adds another another layer. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because we've, we've got a dog. Um, we got we got the dog when the kids were like four and six. And it's, it's a lot easier transition to introduce a puppy to bigger kids than the other way around, yeah. I think. How's, the, uh, how's sleep going? She's, she's actually really quite good, actually. She's Next always- question. <laughs> yeah, I know it's terrible because uh, I will admit that here that like especially when I was trying to make mum friends and they'd be like oh it's such a nightmare isn't it and I'm like oh yeah yeah like you know you just got to lie in that situation oh, you 100% have to lie anyone that doesn't lie in that situation is a monster I think if they've yeah, got a good like, sleeper what are you going to gain out of it by telling your mate that like who's had two hours sleep that you slept through the night like I, I would just be like, oh, yeah, oh, no, it's such a str- Honestly, I just can't deal with it. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we're in it together. I'll send you, if I'm up in the night, like, I'll send you a message at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, whatever, and we can just, you know, we'll be there for each other. I was like, oh, yeah, I usually leave my phone downstairs. Uh, <laughs> um, so she's been really good. She had, like, that regression thing at, like, four months when her teeth started coming in. And there definitely are nights when there's, like, she's up in that. Like, last night, she was up at, like, four o'clock this morning. 
And I just got her in bed with me. I thought, I'm not, I'm just, just, I, I need my sleep. So I just got her in bed with me and she goes back to sleep. So she's not been too shab, I have to say. Um, but, you know, there's definitely nights when I'm just like, I think it's worse actually when they're good. And then you get this shock of like, sorry, what? Yeah, the regression, yeah. <laughs> you're like, they wake up and you're like, oh, it must be seven o'clock in the morning. You're like, it's half past 11 and I've just got into a deep sleep. Come in, you're like, what's your problem, mate? What's your problem? And then they're just like, Gah! you know, most of the time when I come into her, she just wants, she's not even crying. She just wants to be, uh, well, she'll cry. And then I come in and she's all like, you all right, babe? <laughs> I'm, like, oh, mate, I'm not all right. And, and do you split it with Bruce in the night or do you, well, how do you split it, split the, uh, the workload? At first, it would be almost like we'd try and jump up and be like, oh, you know, I'll go. And now it's sort of like we pretend that we're asleep. <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> I think we do split it, but we're trying to get out of it a lot more now. I was like, you know, the novelty's worn off. Um, <laughs> Ten months in. Yeah, the novelty's worn off. Like, you go to her, go to her, mate, because I ain't getting up. And are you thinking about more or are you just are you tapping out of one or you're not you've not spoken about it yet too soon? Yeah, no, no. I think we'll definitely definitely go for it. Um I think we'll have them close together. I think in terms of like for work and that, um the way I see it is is that this is disruptive. Uh, you know, this is this is gonna disrupt my work and it's much harder for, for me as a woman. Like I had a lovely male comedian asked me the other week, he's like, yeah, how is it going back to the gigging? Because, like, we're thinking about, you know, having a baby and, I'm, you know, I'm wondering if it's going to affect me. And I'm like, it ain't going to affect you, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can go back to work. Like, I mean, it, it, like, for me, it, I, I know that this is going to affect me for a little while, you know, for, you know, I couldn't go on tour right now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. like, like, I couldn't just go and go, you know, if I suddenly had this huge following and it was just like bam, 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 every single night, we'd make it work, but it just wouldn't be ideal. So the way I see it is, is that we'll, we'll bang out the next one as soon as possible. And, um, and, then, tech. Yeah, and then instead of like, <laughs> like at your dad's house, <laughs> I know, blasphemy. Sorry, Papa. Big bad Bruce walks through the door with a moustache after a tough day of electrical engineering. Dad pops out to the pub. Just give him ten. It, it, it just makes sense to just get it done in one chunk instead of like going back and then re-establishing and getting cracking again and then having to sort of take the time out again because I definitely, definitely want more. So because yeah, uh, your dad had a big gap, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's nice, but like, so me and my sister, we were 18 months apart and it's nice, you know, we're, we're close and it is a, it's a nice, it's a nice gap. And I think that you can grow up together and yeah. selfishly, like when you're out and about, you know, when you go to like, I don't know, Chesterton or whatever, they want to go on the same rides instead of having like a five year gap. And they're like, that's the baby ride. I don't want to go yeah. with that kind of thing. Well, that must have happened to you when you were, you know, you were 14 and there was a one-year-old knocking about. Oh, everyone thought he was mine. Oh, did they? <laughs> I thought he was a teenage bride. <laughs> it was so funny. Because what, what it was is that by that time, my dad was, uh, it was, it was living in like sort of Kingston, sort of, you know, a nicer area. But I was still in Chatham and I was full-blown Chad, like, you know, with the proper tracksuits, the, the gold jewellery, the hair on. 
So I would come up to this sort of well-to-do sort of suburb of London and take my brother out in his pram in my tracksuit and that. And I used to just get the looks like, oh, look at her, 14, 15-year-old like with this baby in a pram. Um, I mean, to be fair, I definitely played on it and I loved every minute of it. Um, <laughs> Did you used to pretend then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love it. I used to love it. <laughs> Where would you go? What would you do? Take him into downtown, wouldn't I? I'd just take him into town. Um, just take him out in his pram and that. And it would just, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely played on it. I think I liked the attention, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing you speak to stand-up comedians, all the weird things they did for attention before they found just comedy. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that was the thing. It was like naughty at school and, you know, always speaking out and never, you know, behaving. It all makes sense now. Was you naughty at school then? I, was, I wasn't, like, naughty, naughty, but I, I would I would always get sent out of class and, you know, like, talking and um, disruptive and, you know... There was always definitely, I was always trying to be a bit of a clown and stuff, and that would always get me in trouble. Did you gig when you were pregnant? Like, how was that? Yeah, I gigged right up until I did Top, um, not Top Secret, Up the Creek. Yeah, I did that when I was about two, well, <laughs> two weeks away from my due date, so actually a month away from giving birth. <laughs> wow. Up the Creek sounds like a turn of phrase for someone pregnant. <laughs> oh, she's, up, she's up the creek. Yeah, yeah. No, I was. Do you know what? I loved performing when I was pregnant. It worked so well. It was just such a a freeing um, way to go up there because I don't know. I mean, you you'll know this. People judge you like. Well, I won't. I've never done stand up pregnant, Kelly. You not Rob? No, no. I just I just put a few pounds. I found I was wheat intolerant, but it didn't look like it. (laughs) You were bloating. I told everyone I was doing the remake of Junior. When you go up on stage, people judge you. You know, once once you're a big name and that, like people know who you are, they know what to expect. But when they, when you go up there, they judge you. And when you go up there with a big belly, like you know, that there, there's this warmth and this intrigue and uh, there's you know. And I would always like that one up the creek where I was I was absolutely just about to draw. I was so massive. And there was this really rowdy um, stag do on the front row. And I love playing around with those sort of guys anyway. But going up there pregnant, you know, they were talking for everyone's sets and they were just a nuisance. And I just went up there just straight away and I just said, oh, babe, I haven't seen you in like, you know, nine months. Boom. You know, he was like embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it created this thing. And they shut up and they loved it and they laughed. And um it was like a tool that I could use, um, which was wonderful. You know, I had little jokes about like uh, my trousers not fitting, and you know, it was just it, it was it was like jokes that I can only use whilst pregnant. I might have to just get pregnant, and start using them again because they were. <laughs> <expanding now. laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? You get a great set, but then as soon as you have the baby, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Because that happens, Daro Brian with it. He had a bad, he had a knee knee operation, and he was gigging at his cane, and he had loads of jokes about the cane. And then I saw him come off stage, and he was walking normally. I went, "Oh, don't you need the cane anymore?" He went, "No, not really, but the jokes are going so well." But he was like, <laughs> "I know I've got to lose it. I can't be the cane guy forever, but I'm just enjoying it." So you felt like audiences almost perceived you differently. One hundred percent. And even actually coming back and talking about being a mum, it's just the it's such a warmer reaction from the crowd. It's crazy. Like 
I, I just feel like they really uh, accept me and warm to me so much quicker knowing that I'm mum. It's so difficult being pregnant. You psychologically, physically, emo everything is tough, isn't it? You I mean, you know that you've got the pregnancy coming in, sorry, the, the labour coming and or you're going to be a mum and all this stuff. So I think people are aware that there's a lot going on here. And if someone's pregnant, you give up your seat or you, you let them in. It's sort of, you're aware that they sort of need slightly better treatment than someone who's not pregnant. But also as well, it does, it, a bit, being pregnant is quite funny, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've just got a massive bump and inside it, it's a tiny baby. I, I didn't find Rhodes found it hilarious. When she <laughs> I know, but no, that's the thing about pregnant women. They don't find it hilarious, but it is quite funny, isn't it? Having a little baby in your belly all the time. That's quite, that's a funny concept, isn't How it? How often did you say that to Lou, Rob? Never. I'm actually nervous about her hearing this. But, well, no, but if you turn the tables, if a bloke just had a little baby in his belly for nine months, a lady would laugh, wouldn't they? Kelly, do you think it's yeah, funny? Junior was a good film. <laughs> No, I'll tell you what, what people, when they look at you and you're pregnant, the one thing that women, other women that have had babies, though, they are not respectful. They don't think about it. They come up to you and they want to tell you their horror stories. Oh, about really? how they got. Oh, mate, never even met them before. Are you ready for the birth? Oh. You ready? Because that one, see that one over there pointing their kids, they're like, oh, yeah, see that one? That was a bloodbath, mate. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm like, sorry? Like, oh. don't, do I even Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't wait to tell you their horror stories. I and I, I'd seen my sister give birth twice, actually. Was you there? I, yeah, I was her birthing partner for both of her children. Wow. Um, I talk about this in my stand-up because it's like, you know, like it—it's it, kind of—it's—it's meant. I mean, you've seen it. Did you go down the business end? No, I was there. I very you much stayed up the. Uh, well, was, I don't know what the opposite of the business end is. The leisure end. Yeah, like they basically they were like, Can you just go and like take your sister's feet? Like so like push up into her feet. So when she put for when she pushes, so like I went down to the end of the bed and I was like pushing up into her feet and then like I like looked up and there it was and I it it was like the demogorgon. I I mean like it was like the biggest thing I've ever seen. I've never I didn't I I mean what it how it's it's massive. It's like <laughs> yeah. I've never so it's like I didn't even think that it could get that big. It, or she's got a massive one. I don't know, but it grows to the size of like I don't even know. Like it, I was, I say myself, it's like the only way I can describe it is is that you know if you stare into a light for too long, every time you close your eyes, it's all you can see. Like that's what. <laughs> now when I close my eyes, I can see is my sister's badge. <laughs> And then when you open them, you see your dad getting milk. <laughs> it's terrible. You need therapy, Kelly. I think I do. I think I do. This has been like therapy for me. I think like just getting it all off my chest. Well, the other thing you can get off your chest, which may be helpful, is um, the one thing that annoys you about Bruce's parenting. Is there something that he's doing that's annoying you, Kelly, that if he listened to this, he could potentially change his ways? Oh, do you know what? I love that man, but my God. I've... I, he's like safety bear, like okay. safety first, safety first. This is a man that made me at the age of 34 wait for the fucking green man. That man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. He's an absolute hunk. He's literally like, wait for the green man. I'm like, what? Like, I'm, there's no cars coming. He's that safety bear. So with, with B, it is like safety, safety, safety. 
And because I'm with her all day in that, I'm a little bit more relaxed, like a little mm. bit more like, you know, whatever, like she's fine, she'll be all right. It's, but it, it's with the feeding, the feeding. So he'd be like, is that, is that cut up enough? Is that soft enough? I'm like, babe, it's mashed potato. Like, <laughs> he's like, it's fine. He's always, he's, he, I mean, it's a very cute thing that it, yeah. it's like on all the time. It's like safety, 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 safety. Is she that buckled in? So I think that's one thing about him that is is annoying. That um, yeah, he's 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 controlling. <laughs> it's a big word to end on that, isn't it? But I think we're going to stick with it. Oh, no. he's, he's safety, safety there. It's you just... wait till he'll be he'll be letting her play with matches the next time you come home. Going, yeah, happy now. Taking a, <laughs> yeah. take a few more risks, are we, Kelly? <laughs> oh well, well, you're smashing it, Kelly. Good luck with it. Good luck with the rest of the tour with Alan. Send him our love, and um, we'll we'll speak yeah. to you soon. As soon as he has a kid, we'll uh, have more. <laughs> yeah, thank you, boys. Cheers. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. Kelly Convy. There we go. She seems in a very good place for ten months. Yeah, she was, though, sat on the floor of her kid's bedroom next to yeah. a radiator, hunched over a laptop with a microphone propped on a pillow. Yeah. The the, the vision didn't match the energy. No, exactly, exactly. Um, but, I was hoping uh, the dog was going to pounce on her at some point. I've met that dog, and he's a fucking unit. <laughs> See you on Tuesday, guys. Bye. See you on Tuesday. Bye. 